Captain's log. Ouch! Let's be a little more careful with my log up there. Welcome back, faithful listeners, to the Frustrated Fans Podcast, recorded live in St. Louis, Missouri, at Frederick's Pub and Grill. I'm your host, Pete. I'm your other host, Jeremy. And today we're going to talk about Star Trek Renegades. Well, a limited amount anyway. As well as the CBS 2017, as of yet, untitled Star Trek uh, show. So, where do we get started? First of all, we've covered uh, Star Trek in the past before. Uh, it's fair to say that both of us have grew up with this series and are still fans of it. Yep. And we spent two hours uh, ragging on Star Trek Into Darkness, after all. <laughs> so, about a... about I remember about a year ago, there was a fan effort called Star Trek Renegades that was being funded through Kickstarter and Indiegogo. This was purely from the fan point of view, CBS and, and Paramount had nothing to do with it. And it was funded through three campaigns in 2012, 2013, and 2014, raising about uh, $300,000, $375,000. And that's what they built this first pilot episode on. Now, it was originally pitched to CBS and Paramount alike, but they did not pick it up. And it's mutated into a web series purely financed and run by fans. There's that. Uh, however, it's... While they set itself up as it going to be this new fan-led effort and true to the series, well, <laughs> we'll see if uh, see if it holds out on that. It's, uh, is, the Star Trek Renegades is publicly available on uh, YouTube, as well as their website, and they sell DVDs of the pilot, although why would you want to buy one at this point for 50 bucks is beyond me. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 60 for Blu-ray. And I'm looking at the... I'm going on their website. Okay. I could buy season one of Enterprise for that much. It'd probably be more entertaining. Probably. Of course, we both watched it um, on YouTube. Or I watched all of it, rather. I don't know. How far did you get? Uh, I think it was about 21 minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, I had to suffer through 90 minutes of it. Thanks. Oh, had to suffer. You could have quit like I did. Yeah, I could have. I don't know why I did. I, I don't know why you didn't. Oh, I hoped it was it was going to get better. I really did. <laughs> it's got to get better. It's not as it's not as horrible as Threshold yet. It's still good. It's still good. Oh, it's over. Oh, yeah. Like so, the plot is Threshold. Yeah, the plot is to this. Um, it takes ten years after the series Voyager, uh, the Federation in a crisis. The main suppliers of their fuel, the lithium crystals is basically disappearing. We don't know how or why. And the Federation takes drastic measure using their Black Ops Organization, Section 31. Admiral Padwell Chekhov, yes, the character from the original show, played by Walter Canning. Uh, still alive. Yep. Uh, goes to Commander Tuvok from Voyager, played by Tim Russ. This series, this show is also directed by Tim Russ, so yeah, there's that. And... Basically tells him, find the problem and fix it. Do whatever you have to. And this is all off the books, so yeah, there's that. And, uh, you know, for a fan related series, they had about five. So that's basically it. Yeah, Tim, excuse me. Tim, uh, Tuvok goes and hires a crew with a uh, ship and basically sets them off and fixes. And uh, for a fan-led effort, this is surprisingly a number of, of Trek alums. We've got... Tim Russ returning as Tuvok, Carbett Percardo returning as Dr. Louis Zimmerman, 
Richard Hurd as Admiral Owen Paris, Walter Canning as Admiral Pavel Chekhov, and and I am going to slaughter this name. Why don't you take a shot at it instead? Manu Interami, Interami as Echeb. Um, and then even though he wasn't reprising his role from it, uh, Gary Graham is also another Star Trek alum. He played Saval oh. on Enterprise, and as well as other uh, like guest guest parts on like Voyager and DS9 and stuff like that. Yeah. Now we were. Uh, I did. Uh, the guy who plays Harry Kim was supposed to come, but he had to back out due to scheduling issues. And interestingly enough, Grant Imahara from MythBusters fame plays a bit role here. It was a kind of like, whoa, that that's Grant Imahara when I was watching it. Like that's different. So the rest of the cast are low. Um, are just either new actors or kind of like actors you mostly stay in the science behind the scenes. So nothing terribly new there. But we need to point point out two major characters here, because when I read the descriptions, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Mm-hmm. First of all, is uh, the Icheb 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 Icheb? Thank you. Uh, the Borkenborg. I don't have an issue with this because it's ten years after the series. However, the main captain character, Lexa Singh, this is supposed to be a descendant of freaking Khan. Yeah, when I Star saw Trek when I saw that last name, I. I sarcastically says, like, what, is she friggin' Khan's daughter or some bullcrap? Apparently she is, even though that defies every good sense about about the series' plot so far. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can can you say fan fiction? Yeah, very much so. God. (laughs) So, uh, like we said... Surprisingly, this series was pitched to Paramount and CBS, but neither was interested. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. So why don't you, since you didn't finish, why don't you start with your impressions, okay. and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, the only real positive I can say is the co- the general costumes and most of the alien makeup were actually not that bad. Um, some of them were like the, For, the aliens shown in like the very beginning scene. Like they looked kind of ridiculous. I mean, they looked like a weird merger of the Jem Hadar and the um, oh god, what were those idiots from Voyager? The the Hunter guys. I didn't watch a lot of Voyager. Uh, so you, you, anyway, the they, they they looked like a bad mixture of that. But the makeup itself, I'll give it like the actual quality of it was pretty good, um, and some of the set design was pretty decent. Even though yeah, some of it. But otherwise, this is the equivalent of like a bad fanfic you and I would have MST'd back in the day, except it was put on film. Yeah. And I didn't want to finish watching this. I watched about like 21 minutes, and I think you had said like you, <laughs> I think you had asked like, did you finish? I was like, no. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> like. I remember the, our very first, like, when we were talking on Google Chat, I said, you had told me, uh, it feels like Trek, but it's kind of missing something. I said, yeah, professional direction. And then you said, Tim Russ directed. And my immediate response was, okay, then the actors just suck. Well, let's be honest here. The the, the alums do give a, a decent performance with, with limited material they get. Yeah. Tim Russ because can still play a Vulcan, you know, can still play Tuvok. You know, he does the Vulcan bit very well. That's fine. Walter Koenig didn't seem that real energetic about his role. Yeah, the guy's in his 80s, man. Yeah, I have to give yeah. him a break on that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but other than that, 
this is like they just kind of found people on the street and went, hey, want to be in a Star Trek fan movie? And some of them, yeah. went, no, stop, stop dragging me in. For goodness sake, like I've seen, I've seen plays in elementary school that have better acting than this. Like this Oof. is just crap. Not to mention the the Mary Sue main character of it, which it gave me bad flashbacks to a couple of bad fanfics I made fun of, and then just the fact that there's all these veteran Trek and just general veteran actors in it. It feels like a hey, look who we got to be in this, rather than oh. just kind of naturally being in the movie. Well, it gets worse because for their for episodes two and three, which they're raising money for right now, they got Michelle Nichols and the guy who plays Chakotay. Oh God, Robert Beltran. Yeah, him. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I see on their website. Um, oh God, Aaron Eisenberg, Sarah Lofton. How do they get? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Uh, I'll, I'll continue after we take our first break. Yeah. Sure. Come, siblings, our five-minute mission to seek out new life and new satirizations, to boldly go where no Warners have gone before. And we're back. So, where were we? Uh, I was saying how much I hated this uh, pilot or whatever they called it. Yes. (laughs) For for the record, folks, if you're listening to this later, yes, we have a listening audience here today for the first time. I don't know. They just wandered in. I can't. I can't. Explain it, so. <laughs> they broke it and said, "Hey, we want to listen to a podcast." Yeah. Know, like, we saw yeah. something going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a couple of friends. All right. So continue. All right. So then there were the special effects for this thing, which yes, I get. They had it was what like a three three hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four. Yeah. The the special effects. Some of them were okay, like they ranged from, okay, decent for the money they had, to why did you think this was acceptable to put on film? Like the very beginning, after I, after I saw like the alien stuff, I'm like, oh, this actually doesn't look that bad from like a visual perspective. Next thing I know, I'm looking at something that looks like it was ripped out of a 1990s FMV game. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying this from experience, like I've put together movies or anything like that, but... Even I know, look, if you have a limited budget, you need to hide your weaknesses and accentuate on the strengths. And, dear God, these effects were a weakness, just like the acting, that were on full display for everyone to see. And, yeah, well, other people have said, and I've actually seen negative reviews from this, from people who donated towards it. Yeah, quite a few, actually, are on Wikipedia itself. Yeah, on uh, IMDb, it has, like, four out of ten stars as, like, the average oh, review. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, other people are saying like, oh, you know, this has potential. You know, you guys can keep going. They're so dedicated to this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the, the only potential I see is for all the DVDs to be used as coasters. Just like those old AOL discs that I used back in the day. <laughs> thousand free hours. Yep. Yeah. Thousand free hours as a coaster for my drink. Look, if I had been the person at CBS that received this, like, I'm not even giving them the credit enough that CBS went, oh, no, we're going to be going with our own show. As, as they were saying that, they were, like, snickering in the background, being like, yeah, right, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, the, this is terrible. Don't uh, The fact that they made this with donations from people just 
makes me sick. The fact that I've seen some Kickstarters that actually should have succeeded fail, and then this thing gets funded. No, give your money to other Kickstarters that actually deserve it, or hell, just donate it to charity. Don't give it to these people. As far as my opinion goes, yeah, the special is unimpressive. Special effects are good for limited budget, both the ship-to-ship stuff, much less the uh, actual alien effects. Yeah, this that does not save it. Like I said, the veteran actors really try and do best what they've got. They, you can tell they do respects for Star Trek for what it is. But for the most part, everybody else, it feels like uh, uh, bad fan fiction. See, like, the, the moment that kind of stood out to me from what I remember is when Chekhov's looking at, like, a video of, like, one of his contacts, the guy that gets blown up. And when I yeah. saw that, I was like, wow, overacting. And then they replay that clip over and over. And I'm like, why are you replaying this over and over? It's horrible. It makes this guy's death look funny rather than, like, tragic or whatever, whoever the hell he was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. Let me put it this way. This series has the series has promise. That'll be it. But it needs a serious overhaul to really get to that Star Trek shine. Really, I don't have a problem with using each app, but Khan's daughter? Come on. Ugh. And could could you even remember? You'd even watch it, so I can't even. But I can tell you, just seeing it once, I can't even remember the villain's motivations. Barada. Like, why was he trying to take down the Federation? Uh, he if, was bored. If, if your villain isn't memorable, yeah, your series is not memorable. Yeah. God, the so. villain from Star Trek Nemesis was more memorable than this guy. Yes, he was. Yep. All right, moving on. That's Star Trek Renegades. In short, our opinion is don't see it. Don't watch it. Moving don't on. Support it. Get other people to not support it. If their Kickstarter is still open, convince people to take their money back. So. And that just leads to the fact that CBS is producing a new series in 2017. Now, uh, from, this is all, again, from Wikipedia. Alex Kurtzman, the uh, co-writer of both Star Trek and Star Trek Into Dark, as well as the Transformers movies. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that explains so much about Star Trek Into Darkness, doesn't it? I like it. Dan, Dan I like it when they respect their original material. <laughs> I so think it's, um, don't have racist robots talking about testicles and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, they're going to be serving as executive producers. Alex Kurtzman is, as long as Heather Cotton. So it's going the first series. It's it's the first series CBS is launching purely for its streaming service called CBS All Access. And uh, the network has yet to announce if they're going to release this all at once, kind of like House of Cards on Netflix does. Or um, if they're going to do it a kind of an episode, a weekly kind of thing, like a normal truck series would run. We do know the series will introduce new characters, uh, but no, we don't know what the series title is going to be, or its actors is, or it's even if it's taking place in the the main timeline or the alter timeline of the Abrams movies. Yeah, all in, all they've really said is that it's not going to be it's not going to be part of the story of the movies. Like it's not going to be all of them. So it's going to be like a new cast and a new crew, which I like because probably because after the third movie, it's going to be way too expensive to get all the actors from the movies in on this. Oh God. Yeah. So this is probably, that's probably a cost reason, but also I'm happy with them showing a different crew rather than just saying the same characters again. 
Well, let me put it this way. I'm looking forward to this, um, but the biggest surprise to me is that they're restricting this to their only their streaming service. If Star Trek's shown anything, when it's good, it is capable of very good ratings. Yep. So, and whilst, I mean, this, we are, I mean, this is just indicative of the problem that we are quick, quickly reading critical mass when it comes to um, the amount of streaming services available. Yeah, you've got the big three, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu Prime, but while these smaller services are rising to compete, I, you're starting to see content pulled from the big three, and it just doesn't serve anyone, ultimately, because if I have to pay – it's one thing to pay $100 a month for cable, but if I have to pay over $100 a month for four different streaming services, what's the point? I mean, you've got HBO uh, Now, you've got Xbox Live Arcade, you've got PlayStation Network, you've got YouTube, for crying out loud. You can buy and watch movies on that. You've got the BBC starting up their own. So I, I honestly think stream, making it streaming only is going to be to the serious detriment. Yeah, it might not get the audience that they wanted to get. Yeah. That said, um, that said, if this series is doing the whole alternate timeline thing, actually, this could be good. We could see a whole, the whole Mar- like what Marvel Cinematic Universe sets up with the movies, and then you have Agents of Shield and Agent Carter running world building, you know, on a week to week basis. But you're still going to need a little of this, what they call the Star Wars Flash to pull it off. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it being part of the new continuity and everything. I just don't want them to try to make it where you have to watch the show and the movies just to understand what's going on on both. And stuff Fair like enough. that, like how apparently because I don't watch Agents of Shield because that one also I could barely get through the first two episodes of the damn thing. Um, apparently that led into the beginning of Avengers two. So whatever. Yes, it did. Yeah. All right. So Pete, from an outsider's perspective, go ahead. Sure. Dan. This is a uh, guest, Dan. Would Would you think that? Um... Oh, he's getting some some headphones for me. <laughs> Do you think that it would be necessary, um, you know, with all the popularity of Star Wars and actually, you know, the the great success of um, the Amazons and the HBOs and what have you with their original series, do you think it would be necessary, I mean, in order to really revitalize a a Star Wars or Star Trek series, that it's going to need to be a big budget kind of thing? You're going to need to get you know, some real money behind this. Well, CBS, I'm sure CBS is going to put some money behind this. My, again, my my thing is, like, I don't think making it streaming only is a good idea. I think breaking part of a regular broadcast is... But you've had, I mean, you've had great success um, in, in Netflix and HBO. True. When they When they release I mean, these shows and you give the whole, you know, season right away... You know, and you've had yeah. some some real success in, in that regard, and they, you know, they're building upon that sort of platform. Do you think that that can't work here? Or? I'm not saying it can't work. I'm saying we're getting too oversaturated with streaming media. That's all. So, uh, what do you think, uh, Jeremy? Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of budget, I think they should go more the direction of what. Um, the show like TNG and DS9, like what they did with it, where they would save the bigger budget for like the more bigger produced episodes. And what they would do to conserve their money was they would do shows called bottle shows, where all it did was like in Next Generation, yeah, not not beer bottle shows. Um, <laughs> they would do an episode just on the ship, or uh, Deep Space Nine did an episode where it was 
just on the station and it was using existing props. So they would save all that money rather than – I can see you. I know you can. And this way they would save the money for like the bigger budget episodes. So they might go about that, which I know a lot of sci-fi shows do that. Um, I would say that would be their best bet. So this way they could have the big bombastic episodes that they want and then do – hopefully good bottle shows where they could just focus on the characters and try to write really compelling stories. Because I would like to see the return of like the compelling stories that the modern shows did best as opposed to just action, action, action. It's like uh, not a, not a Star Trek watcher, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, have um, always kind of looked at it, you know, I'm I'm an outsider. Mm -hmm. And so always kind of looked at it, uh, you know, I, I see it on the, you know, Flip it through the channels, and okay, you pass it over. And not even a big Star Wars fan. And I know there's that you know, whole can of worms in terms of talking Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yeah. Um, now uh, the 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 goal, I would think, is you know how do you get people like me mm-hmm. interested in in Star Trek? You know how do you get me interested in a you know a revitalization of the of the series? Well, while you hold on that, we'll take our next break and then meet right back for it. Okay. Okay. There appears to be an anomaly occurring, almost as if a crew member was pushing buttons randomly. Hey, do these things really work? What are you doing? Stop that. Go away. Pressing those buttons is highly illogical. I bet you say that to all the girls. Like a professional radio program here, huh? Yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't call us that professional. <laughs> and we're back on K98.7. He's got kind of a radio voice. He's got kind of a radio voice. I like it. You've got probably a face for radio, too, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I've shaved in like eight days, so probably. <laughs> so anyway, how are, how are you going to market something like this to, to people like me? Like, I am drawn in to new series like I love new series like and and my wife will tell you like I find a new series on HBO Netflix what have you and I just I'll binge watch it but somebody that's never watched the old Star Trek you know <laughs> uh, you know not huge into the Star Wars but like some you know like how, how do you draw me in Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they did with the reboot movie. The first, the first reboot movie is that they wanted to go for the flash and substance instead of just the more cerebral when it came to the remakes. So, uh, I mean, that's why we had Chris, you know, the Chris Pine as Kirk wasn't quite the same Shatnerian actor. Shatnerian is that an actual adjective? <laughs> It is and now. As in Shatner? It is yeah. now. It's more of a veterinarian. He comes from Shatneria. Shatneria. Uh. <laughs> what do you think, Jeremy? How do we uh, market a new series? To somebody that's not a Star Trek... Uh, not a Trekkie, essentially. Not a Trekkie. First of all, I definitely wouldn't tie it to the continuities is like in, a, in an extreme way. I mean, if you look back at the nine, like the shows that started in the nineties, like deep space nine and Voyager, they both required almost required you to watch the other show, like each of the shows and everything um, just to know what the heck was going on. Like one of the basis for Voyager started off in deep space nine. 
what I would do is say it's part of the movies is this way it kind of gets people to want to go, oh, maybe I should watch the movies too, but and throw in like the little things here and there so they can see the connections. But don't make it so don't make all the media required viewing. Don't make it so you have to read like the comics or something. Make it accessible. Bring in brand new characters. I would say have one of the movie actors show up to like give it its send off like in the pilot. Um, that's what the spin off shows used to do. Well, hell, Gunsmoke was it Gunsmoke? I think it was the uh, original Gunsmoke. They for their pilot episode they had John Wayne give the intro, mm-hmm. and that sold them. Wow. I mean, they didn't need to do anything else to get people to watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would do something like what, what those did. Like, Next Generation had Bones from the original series give them their send-off. Just have, and don't give them, like, a huge part in it, but this way it gives that little connection. I would... I mean, my... What I liked about the shows that start... Like, the spin-off shows and the original shows... Like, the original show is kind of, like, campy in its own fun way. But the- oh, it's it's Adam West Batman level. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the thing I always liked about the spinoff shows were, like, the big character episodes and where the characters at the beginning of the show, as the show progressed, like, would change and evolve. And to start it off, I would go with don't look for just basic archetypes. But, you know, just don't say, like, oh, this one's the doctor, this one's the captain, this, you know, don't go for, like, the archetypes that have been set up. The the way I like, like, when I, if I write something, what I like to do is, when I create a character, I think of one big part of them, and then kind of expand from there. Like, okay, so let's say, take, for, for instance, the characters from Deep Space Nine, um, Dr. Bashir, he started off as the young, plucky go-getter that was kind of stupid at points, wasn't very diplomatic, very idealistic. What they ended up doing with him was expanding on that idealism where he tries to see things from... He always sees things from his own point of view, and he tries to see, like, the perfect view of everything, and his world is kind of rocked every time he's confronted with, like, a contrary thing. Like, um, he thinks, like, oh, we have to help everybody... And, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm staying, you know, I'm not delving into that black ops stuff that the Federation has. And then he kind of starts seeing, wait, that's kind of, it's needed. It's a needed thing. So his, you know, rose-colored view of the world starts deteriorating as the show goes. And I would pick a character, take a character like that where they start off as, like, the idealistic, maybe, like, the new ensign coming in. And then as the show progresses, you get to stay with that ensign and see like how they change, how they get promoted, and, and how their character evolves throughout the whole show. Do stuff like that, you know. Bring in characters that people want to see, that people want to come back and see how that character is changing as the show progresses. At least that's how what I would like to see in it, and what I think would get somebody coming back. You know, make it worth watching every single episode. Make it worth watching if you're going to do a weekly show that you want to come back the next week to see what happens to these characters or with the overall story. What do you think? So I might suggest something a little bit different. Um, so as, as an individual that has never been a Star Trek watcher, mm-hmm. you know, ne- never been a big fan, uh, you know, I can appreciate the significance of what it is. Mm-hmm. 
But I would almost suggest in order to get people like me or, or new watchers, ones that have never had any exposure, maybe a younger generation or those that, you know, like me, have always associated Star Trek with uh, nerds and this. And I'm a nerd in my own right. But in other, oh, yeah. in other you know, uh, um, franchises. Right, in other yeah areas. I would almost suggest, you know, a series where you, you, you don't have an explicit connection. Like it is starting, you know, where people don't automatically associate it with Star Trek. Did you ever watch Firefly? I didn't. Okay. And so that's what I'm saying. You're, you're going from a knowledge. And I, I'm, a, I'm imagining there's an, a variety of people out there, just like me, you know, that are, that are open to new series, that are open, you know, to right. especially from, from different organizations or different, um, you know, channels, uh, platforms, you know, like I've, you know, I've found HBO, Netflix, what have you, Amazon. Right. And, you know, just kind of open to these, you know, new series like, whoa, this looks cool, you know. And I think you, you might turn away people like me if you, you plaster, hey, this is Star Trek. This is Star Trek. You know, hey, this is a continuation or this is an affiliation or this is a spinoff or blah, blah, blah. You know, and it, because then you think, oh, Star Trek. Oh, yeah, that's when you know, 20 years ago, uh, my dad was watching that. And, oh, yeah, that's a nerd show, blah, blah, blah. And so I think there might be some value into not mi- maybe having it be a continuation or what have you. But at least, you know, and you treat the viewer like they're a dummy, you know, at least <laughs> suck them in, <laughs> suck them in. And then they realize, you know, maybe after the, you know, partway into the first episode, Oh, this is Star Trek, you know. But then they're sucked in, you know. They're yeah. like, "Oh, I like this." Get that big I hook do right Star away, Trek, you know. Right. And so, that. yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of my thought on it because Star Trek, at you know, at this point, it's like, eh, you know, I'm I'm not big into that whole genre, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm, uh, there's a lot of other different series and stuff out there, and then I, I weren't big in fantasy either, but I yeah. did showed you the first episode of Game of Thrones, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> And I watched all of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but that's the thing. you got to almost trick yeah. you got to trick people like me into it, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. Game of Thrones begins with freaking snow zombies. So That's what I'm saying. you got to trick yeah. people like me that aren't into the nerd culture, right. even though, like we said, nerd. And the, you got to trick me, and then you're like, oh, I do like this, you know? <laughs> but, but you can't just put it out there with the title or the name. Right. Um, yeah, I hear you. The name itself isn't going to sell it. Right. No. No. Yeah. Definitely not. All right. One thing well, they, one thing I definitely say they should not do just overall is they need to – well, one thing they need to do is avoid the horribleness of all the techno babble that populated some of the shows. Oh, yeah. So we don't need to hear about the flow regulation in the phase compensator <laughs> that's in an inverse tachyon beam attached to the whatever the hell – you know, that, that's just that's a, certainly going to turn people like me away. Exactly. That would turn me away, and I actually like the shows, and I'm, I really hate it when I have to hear a bunch of words that they just made up. Yeah. You know, I it doesn't help the script when apparently what they would just do is write the word tech into that part of the script and then just make up a bunch of words that, you know, don't really mean anything. That's something they need to avoid, which I will say, for all its faults, Star Trek Into Darkness did avoid all the techno babble. And it's got a lot of faults. 
but yes. Yeah, they definitely yeah. – and, I mean, the 2009 one avoided that too, so that was good. Now all good suggestions. Um, so I think that wraps us up, unless you guys – either of you had anything else to add? Good, good podcast. Oh, <laughs> we all have fun today. Well, where can they, uh, Jeremy, where can they find us on the internet? You can find us at frustratedpodcast.com. We're up on iTunes under the Frustrated Fans. And oh, God damn it! I wanted I wanted that uh, domain name. Seriously, excellent. Yes. <laughs> and you can find all the episodes on the website, and you can find them all through the iTunes. Um, subscribe. We've been God. We've been firing out a bunch of them this month. Oh yeah, December's been a one a week. Yeah, this is so, we're up to episode forty four. The most this. wonderful time of the year. Well, we're gonna we're plan we're planning to do this uh, month long rush again come summertime. Uh, with um, announcing it here, we're gonna do our turtle month when Bay Turtles two comes out. Yep. So yeah, we're gonna definitely uh, look at what do you think? Probably the, f- the first three movies to lead into this. Oh boy, and uh, Turtles Forever. <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. Yep, and uh, right. as long as it actually goes down in price to a very cheap price, I say uh, Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows on PC. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, folks, we'll see you next time. And, uh, oh, but we should let them know. Next time, uh, we're going to go back to video games. <sighs> Pete, Pete struck a nerve with this one with me. You wanted to do Shadow the Hedgehog, so do not blame this on me. <laughs> well, I want so I wanted to do Shadow the Hedgehog to get back at you for all the crap you had put me through with like aliens, colonial marines. I know that one was you. But no, that, that was cool. your idea, and I agreed <laughs> to it. So I'll, I'll take some okay. blame. So next time, oh god, next time we're going to tackle the second, in my opinion, the second worst Mega Man game of all time, Mega Man X Six. For the PlayStation 1. What's oh, the- God, you're not going to do that one, are you? Oh, okay. we are. I've All already right. played yeah. through it. We are going to. I will not have played through that game again for nothing. <laughs> All right. Thank you, folks. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Pinky. Set phasers on conquering the universe. Radio Bane! <laughs>